Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode four of the 2021 podcast series, getting you ready for the NFL draft. And I guess first things first, all is right in college football, at least in terms of the FBS and more specifically the Power Five conferences as the Pac-12 conference following the lead of the Big Ten has finally announced that they are going to play in 2020. Returning to the field November 6th, we're going to see seven-game schedule. CFP even came out and said that all teams in uh, you know the Power 5 conferences are now going to be bowl eligible. So it really changes the whole landscape and the complexity of college football in 2020. We'll get to see everybody in Pac-12 Pac play, which is going to be just phenomenal. Um, you know, the biggest concern that, that I know a lot of the coaches have, in addition to COVID, is just the conditioning and the injuries. You know, can you really get your team up to speed? You know, there are a lot of mistakes that can that can happen as it is with the training camp. These are guys that haven't really been able to play and practice due to not only the COVID restrictions, but a lot of the fires on the West Coast. So I know a lot of coaches are concerned, but as of right now, November 6th is the date. That's just two weeks after the Big Ten is going to be hitting the field uh, on October 24th. Uh, this weekend marks the return of SEC play. We'll be taking a look at the SEC players here just a little bit, much like we did with the Big Ten Conference in honor of their announcement last week. We, we took a look at all of the Big Ten players that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for during the 2020 season. But yes, the SEC starting 926, four weeks later, 1024. Big Ten hits the field two weeks after that, Pac 12 on 11 6. So all is right in terms of the Power Five conferences. And when you look at the NFL draft and the draft landscape, when you're talking about end of season, you're getting into the combine, you're looking at a lot of the individual workouts, free agency, you know, what was going to happen if we were really talking about a, a, you know, a winter season or even a spring season for the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, you know, it just, there were things that just really weren't going to work out and you were going to see a lot of players that either were going to be lost in the dust, you know, and, and, and really not able to uh, showcase what they can do and showcase their talent. Um, you know, but you know, you're also going to, you know, if you, if you're a, a college program, you've got a lot of guys that will probably end up opting out if they're looking at the NFL as a, a potential, uh, end game for them. You know, a lot of guys, even second and third day guys may have, decided that they wanted to forego their, their season so that they can make themselves eligible for the draft. As it is, you know, we're, we're in unprecedented territory. You know, the NCAA has already come out and said that, you know, everyone's getting a free year, essentially, of eligibility back. So, you know, it's going to make things difficult, at least, at least in terms of determining who's going to be coming out for the draft, who's not. So you really have to kind of keep an eye on everybody right now and really kind of make your assessments going, uh, going accordingly. And I'll tell you what, you know, when you're talking about making that decision, you know, we, we get into mid-January, whenever the college football playoff ends and you're talking about a week or two after that, that's when they'll probably go ahead and make your cutoff, um, you know, with the way that uh, the Pac-12 playing a seven-game schedule. You know, I'm not sure exactly when CFP is going to be kicking off. You want to make sure you have everything done by 
you know, the beginning of, of February when you actually have the Super Bowl. You don't want to bleed into that. So by the end of January, you figure that the players will, you know, will have our college football playoff. And hopefully from by then, they'll also make that decision of, you know, who's going to actually declare for the draft. And in that situation, you know, it, it's going to make things a little bit more difficult to really assess who are your top prospects because you could have a guy who's a senior that ultimately isn't happy with his his draft stock and ultimately decides he's going to come back and he has every right to be able to do that this year. Really unprecedented times. It's going to make things really interesting, if nothing else, a lot to talk about over the next few months for sure. Uh, so before we jump into taking a look at the SEC, because look, they are starting starting play this weekend, 926 SEC finally hitting the field. Um, you know, before we jump in and start talking about SEC players, we're going to take a look at last week's games uh, and really, you know, Big Twelve uh, getting into full swing. You know, uh, Oklahoma State finally getting to play their full, first game, going up against Tulsa, and I, I think this was the game that everyone was expecting OSU to come out and just run away with it like they did last year. You know, in, in you know T Boone Pickens Stadium, they had some fans there in Stillwater and. Uh, Man, at halftime, you know, there's Tulsa with the lead. Why? Because Spencer Sanders goes down to injury, that high ankle sprain. That's going to be a huge concern. Uh, Ethan Bullock was not the dynamic runner that that Spencer Sanders was, not even by a long shot. Struggled with accuracy as well. You know, then the freshman comes in, Shane Illingworth, a kid out of uh, of Norco High School in, in Southern California. Big arm. First thing he does, very first pass, throws a deep bomb to to Tylen Wallace, hits him down the field, and ultimately they did just enough to squeak by. 16-7 was the final. Uh, but you know when you look at this game, you wanted to see what Chuba Hubbard could do, and Chuba did end up finishing the game with over 100 yards on the ground. Six foot 208, the redshirt junior. You know, a year removed from a 2,000-yard season, and a lot of people have him at the top of their their running back rankings, me included. And, you know, I I think this game, you know, 27 carries, um, that may be a one, 21 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown on the game. But, you know, I I thought he really struggled as a blocker, actually got put down by Zayvon Collins rushing the passer. Uh, You know, the receiving ability... Uh, you see the explosive speed, but you know making defenders miss. I wanted to see more of that wiggle. Uh, you know, you didn't always see him making plays. You know, that offensive line, it's a young offensive line. Uh, you know, I, I really wanted to see a little bit more out of Chuba Hubbard, and he's one of those guys to me. You've got Travis Etienne, who is an ascending player in my opinion. He's really putting everything together, becoming a more complete back, not just a speed guy like he was in his freshman and sophomore years. And then you've got Najee Najee Harris, who's just a freak of nature. We'll be talking about him here in, in a little bit as well. And uh, you know, Chuba, you know, he's he's gonna have to put in some work right now to really showcase you know, that he can catch the football out of the backfield, that he can be a blocker and not just a one-trick pony, a guy that's gonna, you know, press the line of scrimmage and, and show some speed, you know, down the field. Uh, Tylen Wallace, you know, look, six foot, 190 pounds, but but the senior, you know, he he was somebody who in this game showcase that physicality this guy loves contact fearless you know and you talk about some body control you talk about his own strength 
being able to adjust to the football in the air, despite the fact that he was being harassed by Ali Ali Green the fourth, uh, who him you know he, he's also a, a pro prospect at 6'3", 212 pounds, big physical corner, but kept trying to drive Tylen Wallace out of bounds, really trying to negate any of that that vertical speed. But it didn't matter with Tylen Wallace. This was a guy who wanted to elevate, uh, you know, attack the football in the air. You saw that body control, like I said. You know, it didn't matter if guys were getting physical. He's going to go up and attack the football anyway. And, you know, it was one of those things to where you just couldn't get him going with, with Ethan Bullock as the quarterback. Once you brought in uh, Shane Illingworth, had more of that arm strength, be able to take advantage of him down the field, man, that was that made all the difference in the world. So if Spencer Sanders can't go, uh, you know, at least for the foreseeable future, Shane Illingworth probably going to be the starter there in Stillwater. And, you know, for Tylen Wallace, you know, this guy, look, in, in 2018, he was a Blitnikoff Award finalist. You know, in 2019, slowed up with a knee injury. You know, and even this year, you know, they took that knee brace off, but he was still battling a groin injury. So what we saw out there on the field against Tulsa, he wasn't even 100%. Just imagine when he has that, that step back, when, when he's able to really get vertical on guys, because he wasn't creating a ton of separation. But again, when you can fight through the, through the corners, fight through the jam at the line, fight through guys trying to drive you out of bounds, and then also fight you as you're you know at the catch point and when you're trying to elevate and, and go after the football, Tylen Wallace, to me, showed me a lot in this game. And that's the type of play that he's going to be dealing with at the next level. Tylen Wallace, to me, you know, he's one of those guys that he's definitely going to be a second round pick. And if he can continue to work, continue to produce and run a really nice 40 time, he might be one of those fringe players that could sneak into round one, be one of those surprises. Tevin Jenkins, 6'6", 305. Uh, I'm sorry, 320. Um, look, this guy played both, you know, left and right tackle in this game. Uh, you know, was a, a mainstay as the right tackle there for the Cowboys, but uh, you moved over to left tackle to start the game, and then moved over to the right side due to an injury. But man, this guy was really light on his feet. You saw the short, uh, choppy steps and pass protection. Keeps those hands, uh, you know, inside. You know, really shoots them in really quick. Uh, good power blocking down. You're just, you know, caving in the left side of the line. Showed decent hips, able to seal off the defensive end to the outside. Uh, you know, I thought he set his feet really well to anchor. Delivers really good pop at the point of attack. Does a really good job extending his arms while also staying down low, keeping that pad level low, and uh, you know, showing some mirror skills as well. I think Tevin Jenkins really helped himself in the game. Uh, you know, again, it's going up against Tulsa. You know, I want to see what he can do in a bump up in competition against some of the Big 12 teams. But I think Tevin Jenkins is one of those guys who can be one of those top five or six tackles in the draft. May not be a number one, you know, or a first round pick but I think he could end up being a second rounder in that second to third round conversation for sure uh, you know and then if you look at Tulsa man the, the best player on that team by far is number 23 Zaven Collins 6'4 260 the redshirt junior you know he could come back and play one more year for the Golden Hurricane technically he has two years of eligibility left but this this was a guy man he was coming off the edge and you know like I said he ran over Chuba to, to get to the quarterback uh, you know, blitzing up the middle, you know, shooting the gaps, beating the the, the center block. You know, and you know, there's another play where he shot the middle and, and shot between the the guards, and uh, you know, able to get to the quarterback for a sack. This guy started his career as a 225 pound safety, so you see the safety athleticism. And man, this guy has bulked up to 260 pounds, and you know, he's somebody that you can line up at linebacker. He can rush the quarterback, and uh, you know, he, he's someone that. 
you want to be able to see him drop into coverage a little bit, but I thought he did really well against the run, chased down uh, you know, running backs from behind, and just really get, did a good job making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, in the game, look, six tackles, three sacks, four total tackles for loss. If someone tunes in to watch Chuba Hubbard or Tylen Wallace, you watch this game film, they can't help but take notice of number 23, Zayvon Collins. I talked about him you know, last year during the podcast. Uh, you know, Cooper Edmiston, their, their middle linebacker, was a guy who flashed at times. But Zayvon Collins is that athlete, big dude, and a guy who I think, you know, if he continues to develop a skill set, continues to show off some of that safety ability, dropping into coverage, man, you've got yourself a player here and a guy that, you know, isn't getting out of day two, uh, whichever draft he's in. I don't care if he comes out and, out, you know, and enters the 2021 draft or comes back for the 2022 draft. Zayvon Collins is a player. He, he, can make, he, he can play at the next level. And then Allie Green, uh, like I said, the corner, 6'3", 212 pounds, very physical, a guy who reads uh, reads the play, you know, does a really good job. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to, to get right up on you at the line, going to jam you whenever he wants, um, extends those long arms uh, to, to make some plays on the football down the field as well. Uh, not afraid to come up and run support either and uh, will make some plays in the open field against, uh, against the ball carrier. Um, you know, beating the receiver blocks coming downhill. You know, I, I'd like to see see more of that from Allie Green. And this is a guy who didn't even start the game for for uh, for Tulsa. Um, you know, somebody who I think you know just continues to to see the field. They were talking about the Legion of Boom on the uh, on the broadcast, and uh, you know, yeah, if you're looking for a six three corner. You know, Allie Green's going to be somebody that's going to be on your radar. Uh, and then Zach Smith, the quarterback. Look, 6'3", 227 pounds. Um, you know, has a has a tremendous arm. Um, 18 to 28, 165 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And it was just consistency. You know, this guy would make a, a great throw down the field, showing that arm strength, throwing the ball to the wide side. And then he, he'd overthrow guys, you know, or he would underthrow. Um, you, know, you know, it seemed like he would, you know, if he was on the move, sometimes he would short arm it. And it was one of those things to where, you know, you just wanted to see, he left you really wanting to see more. You know, in the first half, 11 of 15 for 108 yards and a touchdown, really struggled mightily down the stretch. Um, but, you know, there was a six, you know, then he throws a 16 yard touchdown to, to Josh Johnson. Perfect ball, where only his receiver can make a play on it uh, towards the near side sideline uh, on a corner route, put the ball over the safety to the receiver for, for the touchdown. Um, it's you know he, he's one of those frustrating quarterbacks yes he's got that big arm but you know big arm you know by itself doesn't mean anything if you can throw the ball 100 miles an hour you know 100 yards down the field but you're not very accurate you're not going to make any difference anyway uh, and that was really the biggest thing that I saw from from Zach Smith was a great arm but inconsistent play Central Florida taking on Georgia Tech uh, you know Georgia Tech with their their first home game there at Bobby Dodd Stadium after beating Florida State. George, uh, Jeff Wilson really trying to get that team going, but they ran into the bus, saw that is Central Florida. Josh Heupel had that team really moving well. 49-21 was the final. Dylan Gabriel, look, 27-41, 417 yards and, you know, four touchdowns and an interception. You know, he may be the new flying Hawaiian, man. Six foot, 186 pounds, a sophomore. You know, he, he's not going to be eligible for this year's draft, 
but he's one of those guys that uh, you know nine and three as a, as a starter as a freshman uh, over 3,600 yards but you saw the arm strength arm strength was ridiculous throwing the football 40 50 yards down the field but you know the, the difference there is is that he's hitting guys in stride um, showing the ability to you know make those precision passes into tight windows uh, being able to fit the ball you know over the linebacker and in front of the safety uh, this is a kid who is going to be on everybody's radar. Look, Kyler Murray and you know really Baker Mayfield kind of started the conversation with a six-foot quarterback. Kyler Murray at 5'10". Uh, Tua Bailoa is not a big guy by any means. Um, you know, so these smaller quarterbacks are really starting to make a name for themselves. Dylan Gabriel is one of those guys that's going to be in that conversation as as somebody who's going to move up draft boards. Very very impressive game uh, overall there for for Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Otis Anderson, look, you know, 5'11", 174 pounds. He lines up in the backfield, but really wasn't much of a factor there. He did have 88, uh, 18 carries, 88 yards, uh, and a touchdown. You know, most of that really coming off of a big play. Three receptions for 21 yards. I love him when he gets in space. Um, he could be that, that third, you know, maybe a Naeem Hines type of a player, a guy that you really want to get out in space, be that change of pace, third down back. Um, but I, I just I love him in space, which is why I, I want to get him you know the ball as a receiver, and I think that's where he's going to really make his living at the next level. Uh, Trey Nixon, look, 6'2", 180 pounds, uh, the, the senior. You know, this is a guy. You know, he's a big physical quarter uh, receiver, and uh, you know I. He made made some plays. You know, this was someone uh, making some nice plays over the over the shoulder, tracking a, a ball on a 25-yard touchdown, tracked it over the shoulder to haul it in, uh, 49 yards on a post. Um, you know, made a nice catch in stride. You know, at the top of the numbers, um, hauled in a six-yard touchdown on a slant. Caught the ball up high, knew he was going to get hit by the safety. Uh, Wanye Thomas showed some strength to haul that football in as well. He's one of those guys, going to be a day three pick, probably a fifth, sixth, you know, possibly even seventh rounder, um, but a guy who I think has the, the the toughness to end up making an NFL roster, probably as a practice squad guy early on, but a guy who can end up making his way onto the field uh, at some point during his NFL career. Um, one guy who you know kind of had a disappointing game just disappeared was Jalen Camp, 6'2", 220 pounds. Uh, you know had a big game there against Florida State. Um, you know he, he was someone that you know I was really expecting to see more out of. Had a drop um, on second and goal, and, and you know I think as Jeff Sims goes there with that offense, you know we'll kind of see an up and down deal with with Jalen Camp. Um, so. I think you're going to kind of have to ride that waves, the highs and the lows, you know, depending on on how that quarterback play goes. But um, you know, Jalen Camp, not someone, you know, it's just one game. You know, not going to to lose my confidence in him just yet. But uh, you know, he's somebody that hopefully will be able to pick up things as we continue into ACC play. One guy who I was definitely impressed with yet again, number 78, the left guard Jack DeFour there for for Georgia Tech. Uh, this is a guy, you know, he's an Ole Miss transfer, as I mentioned last uh, last week, 6'4", 305. And, you know, he keeps his hands inside and pass protection, has a nice wide base, knee bender, um, and just showed an ability to mirror guys, keep a guy in front, lock on to him. You know, that hand placement was key. And he's somebody, look, man, when you're looking at the guards, there aren't a ton of guards that you're going to talk about at the top of the draft. 
and he's somebody who's going to slide into that fourth, fifth, sixth round range. And I think he's going to end up making an NFL roster. You know, he's, he, he has New England Patriots written right all, you know, all over him. Somebody who I think can end up you know, making, making an impact and surprising people uh, there at the next level. Curtis Ryans, the 265-pound uh, defensive end who had a big game against Florida State with a couple of sacks. He was out for the game, uh, didn't play. Um, you know, we'll have to see if he's going to be available. You know, uh, you know when, when Georgia Tech plays again. Um, but uh, let's see. See if I've got anybody else in this game that I wanted to talk about. Quest Jackson, you know, was the leading tackler there for for Georgia Tech. Big number 44, uh, six, uh, six one, 235 pounds. He's very active, very active linebacker. He's somebody who I think you're just going to have consistent play, game in and game out. And then Richie Grant, uh, the the strong safety there for for Central Florida, six foot, 194 pounds. You know, a step slow at times diagnosing play. You know. Di- uh, diagnosing the run plays, but then also you know, it comes downhill against Je- uh, Jeff Smith. Ran straight down, you know, quarterbacks running straight ahead. He runs downhill and delivers this huge hit, clean hit, was not targeting, and uh, you know, just blew him up. Um, you know, so I thought that was definitely impressive there. Um, and look, you know, with, with Richie Grant, he's a guy, you know, was a hunter tackle guy. You know, had had a bunch of interceptions in, in his career as well. So he kind of does a little bit of everything, you know, what you're looking to ask for him. Not the most athletic guy at six foot, 194 pounds, doesn't have a ton of size, but I think he'll be a day three guy and somebody, you know, again, because of his, his, his ball skills and his ability to come up and play the run, I think Richie Grant, some of that versatility is going to pay off for him uh, down the stretch. Uh, Marshall and App State. You know, App State coming into the game, you know, ranked number 23 in the country. And uh, Marshall, you know, look, they you're expecting to have a big shootout. And then both teams got off, you know, they they score on their opening possessions. And then you know, Marshall ends up, uh, you know, outscoring Appalachian State 10 uh, 0 on the way out. So 17 7 was the final. And my guy, Brendan Knox, man, finally got to have kind of a breakout game. 28 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. But look, 16 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half. A guy, look, you know, one cut and go, but he's very, you know, the vision, he's patient to let that block, you know, the blockers set up their blocks. And then he's very decisive. You know, he sees, you know, the vision sees the hole, puts his foot in the ground, gets north and south. And once he does that, he has absolute, you know, has tremendous speed. I did see some jump cuts in the game. So I was like, well, he's got a little bit of lateral ability, but really the biggest thing is, is he's going to put that, you know, make that one cut, get north and south. And that's really where you're going to see him, you know, run through arm tackles. He's going to drag you for extra yards, has a nice stiff arm as well. That forward lean is really what, what you want to see from, uh, from your big running backs. And Brendan Knox absolutely has that six foot, 223 pounds. And, and look, conference USA, uh, offensive player of the year last year. And he's one of those guys He's going to be in the running for that again this year. Uh, very heavy handed with those stiff arms, man. He just, he'll, he'll knock you down. Um, and punish you uh, if you're not careful. Now, App State offensively, look, man, their their, their guy is big number five, uh, Thomas Hennigan, 6'1", 210 pounds, have five catches for 88 yards. Uh, big physical receiver, possession guy, ab- you know, 
excellent hands, but deceptive speed. This was someone who was getting vertical on guys, ran this 35, had the 35 yard reception, one on one with the cornerback down the sideline, able to get behind the corner. Um, you know, and the other thing that I thought was impressive with him though was the ability to work back to the football, work back to the ball, had a you know basically shot back inside because the throw was really more to the inside. Goes down, makes a one-handed catch as he's going to the ground. Thomas Hennigan is a guy who's probably going to be, I'd say, probably about a fifth rounder. You know, I really don't know what he's going to run in the forty, probably in the probably the four, four, five, four, six range. Um, but a guy who he's going to be a possession guy. He's going to be a favorite target of a quarterback. You know, he's big. He's physical. Look, there was a block on a pop pass uh, to one of the other receivers. Uh, I believe that was uh, Jan. Jalen Virgil and uh, you know just this block he you know sustained that block on the corner I think it was like a five yard hitch and uh, ultimately with that blocking allowed that receiver to go ahead and pick up another eight yards um, you know Thomas Hennigan if you haven't seen him play he's a lot of fun to watch uh, Marshall up front look Josh Ball 6'8 309 this is a guy who got his first action as a starter really this year and that he started his, you know, started out at right tackle, but in this game he actually played at left tackle. He split in some time with Will Ulmer and then moved over to right tackle when when Ulmer came into the game. But man, he's he's a legitimate pro prospect at left tackle. Um, you know, good pop in his hands at the point of attack and keeps his legs driving in the running game. Absolutely cleared out the left left side of the line on, on a run play that opened up a big hole for for Brendan Knox. Um, physical. Uh, when he needs to be, but very agile. You know, he, he came pulling around for Brendan Knox. Didn't end up blocking anybody, but you saw the athleticism to be able to get out and pull as a lead blocker. Uh, but in pass protection, that's really where I, I loved watching him play. Um, you know, fired out of a stance quickly, hands shooting inside very quickly, uh, driving his man off the ball when he needed to, sustaining his blocks. Um, you saw some nice uh, short choppy steps in his kick slide and a guy who showed some decent mirror skills look he's 6'8 309 you worry about pad level creeping up you really didn't see that out of Josh Ball he kept you know that those knees bent it was a knee bender wasn't really bending at the waist wasn't leaning and lunging um, Josh Ball is a guy that I think is going to continue to rise up draft boards at the offensive tackle position then he's got the dump truck over there at right guard number 62 Kane Madden that's his nickname the dump truck so I mean if you've got that as a nickname you know that you're going to be a big, nasty, physical dude. And uh, he's 6'3", 313. He reminds, you, reminds me a little bit of, of Quentin Nelson when you watch him play because he's just he's mean, he's nasty, he's a road grader. He was shoving defensive tackles down, opening up big holes. Uh, the very first play of the game, in fact, he took a defensive tackle, just shoved him down, opened up a giant hole. Brendan Knox runs right through it. Excellent vision, cut back, 21-yard gain. Um, just the hands just blowing up. Uh, the, the defensive ends and defensive tackles, just you know, power in his hands and uh, some excellent leg drive as well. He's another guard who I think, because of the play, because of the ability, you know, to see some of these teams on a national stage, because of COVID-19. I think he's one of the other players. You know, he and Josh Ball both really, I think, have benefited from that. And if I give you a, a name on defense. For, for Marshall, it was Devontae Beckett. Look, 5'10", 214 pounds, um, but he was playing linebacker. And, and this was a this was a guy who you know really just seemed to be all over the field. You know, he was coming downhill, making plays, 
uh, when the quarterback Zach Thomas was trying to leave the pocket, he was showing you know, nice explosiveness, getting out there, meeting him on the perimeter, um, getting inside out, and, and being able to, to beat him to the punch. There, that was something that I, I thought was absolutely you know it was a lot of fun to watch because you know, he was a little guy, and you know, but he he came to deliver a, a big hit. And when I watched him play, he reminds me a little bit of, of, of Jatavis Brown, uh, you know, out of Akron. You know, and Jatavis, look, you know, this is a guy, 340 tackles, uh, you know, over 40 tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks. Uh, you know, a guy who was just so active there for the Zips, ended up being a fifth round pick of the, of the San Diego Chargers uh, back in 2016, played for a few years in the league. And I look at, you know, Devontae Beckett and just that size, because look, Brown was 5'11", 222 pounds. And I look at Beckett, 5'10", 214 pounds, similar size, you know, and, and similar ability in terms of, you know, that, that those instincts and just to fly around to the football. His first year uh, for Marshall, 122 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, already with, with in two games, 24 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss and a half a sack, had four pass breakups a season ago as well, could drop into coverage. Devontae Beckett's one of those guys, you know, if he can continue his play, he might be one of those surprise guys that, you know, a team might take a chance on there in the sixth or seventh round. Uh, because of his ability, his instincts, and his nose for the football. He's undersized. He might be a, a special teams guy. Teams may even look at him trying to move him to safety. But when you've got a playmaker, a guy who has a nose for the football, look, Jatavis Brown was a guy that was a difference maker at times for, for the Chargers. So he, he's one of those guys to at least you know keep an eye on throughout the season and see what type of, of jump he can make. And then Xavier Gaines there from Marshall, 6'3", 220 pounds, the, the tight end, had a 75-yard pass uh, reception that he, he caught a, a post, got back. You know, he, he creates a mismatch. He's kind of one of those buffed-up tight ends. He's a, you know, a former quarterback, a guy who has some of those skills as well. Um, but, you know, he, he's just he, he's a little undersized to play tight end, and I don't think he's fast enough to be a receiver. So it's one of those those players to where he's really going to have to step up his game and be uh, a weapon there for, for his quarterback, the freshman, Grant Wells. And, and I think, you know, you're going to see some inconsistent play at, at the quarterback position that may affect, uh, you know, some of his draft stock down the stretch. And then the big game that uh, everyone had to tune in what uh, was Miami and Louisville, you know, number 17 Hurricanes taking on the Cardinal, uh, Cardinals in Cardinal Stadium, uh, number 18th ranked Louisville Cardinals going down to Miami, 47-34. Uh, you know, you had the battle of the quarterbacks. You know, you had De'Ara King, you had uh, Malik Cunningham, called him McHale, you know, we went Malik to McHale, back to Malik. Um, and and De'Ara King, look, you know, the, the Houston transfer, you know, 5'11", 202, and he's a year, you know, he, he redshirted in 2019 when, when Houston struggled, um, you know, with their start. I think they were a 1-3 start, ends up redshirting. But uh, prior to that, you know, accounted for 50 total touchdowns, threw for over 2,900 yards and 674 yards on the ground in Dana Holgerson's offense. Comes to Miami uh, in Rhett Lashley's offense, you know, really high speed. We're going to always put the pedal to the metal, you know, and, and really just try to wear teams out. And you saw some nice decision making. You saw some decent arm strength out of him as well. 
Um, he's someone, look, he's 5'11", 202. You want him to want to see him continue to develop as a quarterback under Rhett Latchley. Still, you know, show the ability to throw the football down the field with accuracy, um, you know, because I thought his short to intermediate game looked pretty, pretty darn good. Um, needs to watch, you know, staring down his receivers a little bit. You know, he got himself into, into trouble there. Um, and then Malik Cunningham, you know, the, the 6'1", 200-pound redshirt juniors, 26-36, 307, three touchdowns and an interception on the day. You know, the deep ball has never been a question with him. You know, I, I thought his deep ball accuracy looked that fantastic. There were a couple of corner routes that he was dropping the, the football in, uh, away from the defender, dropping it in the bucket before the receiver goes out of bounds. Just perfect ball placement. Uh, great decision-making there. Um, but, you know, anytime that there was a blitz, he was, you know, throwing, replacing the blitz, throwing behind the blitz on those. Um, had a few, you know, mental lapses as well during the game. He, you know, especially when he was on the move, rolling out, trying to force it. Um, you know, and he just needs to take what the defense can give him. You know, I, I think both, you know, with, with Cunningham, he needs to come back for one more year, really develop uh, with Scott Satterfield and company um, before he, you know, looks to take any type of a leap to the next level. De'Ara King, it's his last year technically, but uh, he could actually come back to Miami for one more year. I think it would behoove him to do that, um, just to continue to develop his skill set there as a quarterback. Look, all this, like I said, the shorter quarterbacks have kind of opened the door for some of these guys. You look at De'Ara King, you can't rule that out. You know, I I think he has uh, some decent arm strength and a guy that, you know, um, could end up making an NFL roster. Uh, and be one of those guys that you can put a package in and allow him to play. You know, what Taysom Hill is doing for the Saints, you know, teams are starting to look at what packages can we put in for, for other guys like that. Uh, Tutu Atwell, uh, you know, the 5'9", bulked up to 165 pounds, but the junior, look, explosive acceleration. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, over 1,200 yards uh, through the air a season ago. That was a Louisville record. Um, ran this corner route from the slot, 31 yards, able to separate from Bubba Bolden, the safety, catch over the shoulder, uh, you know, stutter in the slot, then kind of a quick outcut, again, creating separation from the safety. Don't line up, don't really line up a safety against this guy. He's going to burn you time and time again. Um, you know, he's one of the faster guys in all of college football. Eight receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. He's a guy that can end up being a day two pick if he decides to come out. Um, Let's see, Brevin Jordan uh, from Miami, 6'3", 245, the junior tight end. Um, he was the featured guy in this offense in the passing game. Seven receptions, 120 yards, and a touchdown. You know, I, I think Miami, what's going to get him in, into trouble is they don't have any established receivers outside of Jordan, and they really need to to work on that. I thought, you know, you know, Mark Pope and Mike Hartley, D. Wiggins, they looked very average. I thought that the running backs and the tight ends were the guys that are really going to carry Miami, at least starting out. Uh, but Brevin Jordan... You know, lined him up all over the field, lined him in the slot on, on one play, moved him all the way over to the right side, out, you know, split out wide on, on the next play. A little bit in line, but that's not going to be, you know, really who he is. He's going to be that Evan Ingram type, a guy that's going to make plays down the football field, uh, excellent hands, runs well as a tight end. And, you know, he was able to start showcasing what he can do out on the football field. Was a, a Mackey Award finalist a season ago, and he's well on his way to doing that once again. Um 
you know, I, I think Jalen Phillips definitely helped himself. 6'5", 266, redshirt junior. If the name sounds familiar, yes, he's the UCLA transfer. Battled injuries in his two seasons there with the Bruins. Comes to Miami, and, you know, he looked a little bit stiff turning the corner at times. Um, you know, he, but I, I thought what was really impressive was showing some of that power, able to stack the right t- tackle, shed him with an arm over, um, shoots back inside to, to drop the running back, you know, for, for no gain at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he, he did a really good job um, with it, with a, a nice slap, slap move on, on the offensive lineman to get their hands away and then able to bend a little bit around the corner, pressure the quarterback late. Um, I, like I said, I, I don't think he's, he's, you know, has a ton of, of, of bendiness to him. I think there is some stiffness that's there. But, uh, you know, look, there was one run play. It ended up being a touchdown um, because it was a, a stretch play. He blew up the play. He took his man and drove him right back into the running back. And it was just, the, you know, at the running back, Javian Hawkins made a, an outstanding play, reversed his field, and, and t- took it back to the house. Um you know, I think Jalen Phillips, as long as he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, show that he he's not a guy who you know has all these injury concerns. That's going to be a red flag as it is. Um, but if he can stay healthy, he, he's a guy that I think you know can potentially enter the draft. You know, this is a not a strong draft for pass rushers. If he can, you know, he and Quincy Roche, if they can put together you know a solid season, you know, working together on that. You know, you can't sit there and double both of those guys up. Somebody's going to end up with single coverage, um, and. Uh, one of those guys is going to end up getting to the quarterback. Um, so I, I'm looking for big things out of Jalen Phillips there for the Hurricanes. Uh, and then Quincy Roche, look, 6'3", 245. Uh, you know, he's you know number two there at Miami. was also a single-digit player there for the Temple Owls, which means something there. Those are your, those are your dudes, man. You know, when you look at guys like, like Robbie Anderson and Matt, um, you know, Ioannidis, um, you know, the, the Temple Owls, you know, if you're if you're somebody there, if you're going to be one of those dudes, you know, the, the tough guys, you know, you're going to have a single digit number. And, uh, you know, Quincy Roche was one of those guys. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I really liked, you know, you saw some speed to power getting into the left tackle on one play. And then the very next play, uh, you know, he gets even with the quarterback and then shows a spin move back to the inside. The biggest thing for me is, is, you know, being able to to get off blocks consistently. You know, I think he's going to be someone that's going to have to play in space, not put his hand in the ground, um, let him rush the quarterback as a three-four outside linebacker. You know, I thought he lacked discipline at times. You know, jumped off off sides on a third and eight, ended up going down to uh, a third and three, and I think uh, Louisville ended up converting on that. You know, that can get you into trouble if you start making some of those plays. Um, you know, I, I thought a left tackle there for Miami. You know, I was surprised. You know, to see, you know, pleasantly surprised to see Jared Williams. Um, you know, he's 6'6", 308, the Houston grad transfer. I thought he showed really good feet and pass protection. You know, and, and he liked to lock his arms out, keep the defensive end off of his body, and, uh, you know, showed, you know, excellent feet to mirror. Um, you know, used his hands very well, shooting them inside and then extending those arms, able to mirror, uh, you know, and he's a guy to really keep an eye on. I was really impressed. You know, I, I think he's somebody that, uh, you know, has the ability to to be a, a tackle at the next level, and I really want to see that that jump up and play um, there in the ACC. You know, game in, game out. If Jared Williams can have a, a solid season, you know, as, as a grad transfer, he's somebody that we can be talking about here. You know, as possibly a fourth rounder uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, the two running backs, though, I want to call these guys out because they are both draft eligible. Cam uh, Cameron Harris, nine carries. I'm sorry. Uh, 19 carries for 134 yards and a touchdown. And then Javian Hawkins, 
27 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown for Louisville. Now, Harris, 5'10", 210-pound junior. You know, he, he's known as kind of that big physical back, um, but excellent vision to see the hole. He did a really good job following his, his right guard who was climbing up to the linebacker, and then a burst to get outside downhill uh, for 31 yards. Uh, you know, there's a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, basically, you know, one step and then cut to the outside. Um, and really, there was kind of busted coverage there by, by Louisville. They didn't have anybody on the right side. He just took off down the down the sideline for the touchdown. But it was the speed that he still showed. Nobody was gaining on him. Outran five Louisville defenders. And there was a safety that actually had an angle on him there at the end. And, uh, you know, Harris was able to power through to the end zone. I'm, I'm a big fan. You know I, you know, I was surprised with the speed. He's a guy that I think is going to make some noise there for the Hurricanes. And then Javian Hawkins, look, he's only 5'9", 196 pounds, but a redshirt sophomore. Uh, you know, he, he's explosive, tremendous balance, excellent vision to see the hole. Uh, he, you know, the spin moves are ridiculous. The jukes in the open field and then quick uh, acceleration. Those are all the, the notes that I have here for, for, for Javian Hawkins. And uh, he was just a, a, you know, a pain to try to tackle. Uh, in the open field. He was really giving guys trouble. One last guy to talk about is going to be Bubba Bolden, the 6'3", 200-pound junior safety, a guy who's really getting his first action as a starter there for Miami, the transfer from USC. Uh, the anticipation uh, that, that you saw you know, coming downhill, uh, you know, there was a throw to the tight end in the flat, came downhill, tackle the tight end in the open field. That's the thing that you really saw. He's very disciplined in the open field, being able to drop guys um, you know, and not allow any yak. Um, you know, I, I thought he looked stiff, though, a little, you know, uh, in coverage, especially when he was trying to guard Tutu Atwell. I mean, he's going to make a lot of guys look stiff, and, and a lot of guys he's going to leave in the dust. But, you know, with, with Bubba Bolden as a safety, you know, the, the, the stiffness is what you're, you're really going to be looking at. But I, I thought him coming downhill against the run was something that, uh, you know, definitely wanted to see what he could do. Um, watched a little bit of the Liberty game against West, uh, Western Kentucky. Uh, the, the Flames, 30-24 to 24 winners. Uh, Malik Will, uh, Willis getting his first start since 2016 as a, as a high school senior. That name sounds familiar. Yes, he did come from Auburn. 13-21 to 21 for 133 yards with 21 carries, 168 yards, three touchdowns. Showed off the explosive, the explosive speed. And, you know, he's not there as a passer, but definitely a dynamic runner. And then D'Angelo Malone had a quiet game, and it's kind of weird when you have a defensive end, nine tackles and a half tackle for loss, but really kind of quiet. Struggled to get off blocks at times, because look, he's only 6'3", 240 pounds. He's going to be an edge rusher, you know, in the 34 defense. Um, had eight tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, and a sack last week against Louisville. Um, he's a guy, you know, I don't think... I had him in my my second day conversation. I don't think he's quite that high. I think he's probably a fourth rounder, but a guy who's an overachiever, continues to work, and uh, you know he's still a lot of fun to watch in my opinion. Uh, Louisiana, look, you know the Raging Cajuns, ranked number 19, going up against Georgia State there in Atlanta, the former Turner Field, now Central uh, Center Park Stadium, and uh, they won't, you know they. They started off slow and they woke up and finally ended up winning 34-31 in overtime. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, look, you know, 100, uh, let's see, 164 yards on 16 carries, two touchdowns, and you know, Elijah Mitchell really was the guy. You know, he, he's the guy that I've been talking about. You know, he's very decisive, puts his foot in the ground, gets downhill. Um, only a second team all, all some belt selection a season ago, even though he went over a thousand yards. And uh, you know, he's patient, waits for the hole to develop, shoots the hole. 33 career touchdowns coming into the game. 
He's the guy that can catch the football out of the backfield. He has the speed, he has the power. Then there's Trey Regis, the one cut and go type of runner. You know, 5'11", 230 pounds. Uh, really a guy that explodes downhill and, and is tough to bring down. Um, but you know, the guy that uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm continuing to follow, number seven, Farad Gardner, 6'2", 220 pounds. A guy that I think would, would have, you know, would have kind of fallen through some of the the cracks there um you know have we not been able to watch him on a national stage um you know he, he showed speed off the edge blitzing the quarterback uh came off you know from depth to hit the quarterback as he was throwing uh, also able to drop into coverage read the quarterback's eyes showed some good leaping ability to to affect um you know uh, the, the catch point there for a receiver and uh, Farrar Gardner is a guy that I think is continuing to make a name for himself as an athletic linebacker and a guy that can do multiple things. He can drop into coverage and get after the quarterback and play the run a little bit. I think his stock is rising. Um, you know, Levi Lewis, you know, the 5'10", 184-pound quarterback. Uh, you know, he's a civil engineering major, definitely a smart dude. Um, but the thing for me with, with Levi Lewis is, you know, again, consistency. You know, there, there isn't a ton of consistency. And yes, he has a big arm, but, uh, you know, again, if you can't drop it into a bucket, you know, if you're just overthrowing guys or, you know, short arming it when you're on the run, then, uh, you know, you're not really going to be able to cut it when you're talking about moving on to the next level. So uh, Levi Lewis, a guy who I think has to continue to get better week in and week out if he's going to end up being a prospect um, at the next level. So those are the guys that I got to watch. Those are the games that I was watching um, week three in college football. And uh, now it's time to go ahead and move on to SEC play and uh, t- take a look at some of the players that we're going to be looking out for as we get into uh, you know the SEC season starting on Saturday, September 26th. Uh, at the quarterback position, look, you know Jamie Newman, he's opted out. Uh, the 6'4", 230-pound transfer from, from Wake Forest. And uh, he's a career 60% passer, um, you know, over 2,800 yards a season ago, 26 touchdowns, but 11 interceptions. You know, just like Wake Forest uh, to start out the year, you know, he, he was hot. You know, Wake Forest started the season 8-0, faltered down the stretch. Uh, inconsistent decision-making, I thought, was the biggest thing with Jamie Newman. And I was looking forward to seeing what he could do uh, in SEC play. And now we're not going to be able to see that. I think him sitting out definitely hurts himself, especially considering the drop-off after the big three and, and Trevor Lawrence and, uh, and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Jamie Newman's going to be in that conversation, but not seeing him in 2020, I think is definitely going to hurt his draft stock. Uh, he's, he has the option to potentially come back. If he hasn't hired an agent, he could potentially come back for the, uh, for the 2021 season. So we'll have to see how that plays out. But, you know, I'll give you a few more names at the quarterback position. Uh, Kyle Trask, 6'5", 239 out of Florida. Uh, You know, when Felipe Franks goes down, uh, this is the guy that ultimately steps in and and leads the way for the Gators. Uh, You know, 67% completion percentage, over 2,900 yards, uh, 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Uh, You know, he's going to be the guy. You know, and, and I think he's got some good arm strength, you know, decent decision making. Um, you know, a guy that you, you want to continue to see him develop uh, as a quarterback. And, uh, you know, Van Jefferson isn't there, but he has Trevon Grimes. He has Kadarius, uh, Kadarius Tony, And then he has Kyle Pitts, the tight end, to throw the football to. Um, you know, I think Kyle, Kyle Trask, you know, if Florida wants to challenge for that SEC title, Kyle Trask is going to have to have a big year. And he's one of my sleepers to potentially move into that top five quarterback ranking when it's all said and done. 
Uh, you know, I think at Texas A&M, you've got Kellen Mond, 6'3", 217 pounds. Jimbo Fisher is known for developing quarterbacks. You know, this is a 57% completion percentage, you know, uh, in his career. 52 touchdowns with 24 interceptions. You know, a guy has rushed for over 1,300 yards and 18 touchdowns as well. Um, but I thought in some of the big games, this is the guy who just struggled with accuracy. You know, struggled, to, to, you know, with the decision-making. And, uh, you know, I, I want to see a little bit more out of, out of Kellen Mond. You know, he reminds me of a... You know, Dak Prescott, you know, early in his career at Mississippi State. If he really wants to make that leap, uh, you know, that, that junior to senior year with Dak Prescott, you know, I, I'd say it time and time again, Dak Prescott changed his game from being an athlete, you know, from a, from a quarterback who, ha- I'm sorry, an athlete who happened to be playing quarterback to a quarterback who just happened to be a great athlete. And when you think about that, this was the guy who was seeing the field, making the right throws, the, the ball placement, the anticipation. That's really the big thing, throwing with anticipation and being able to hit this receiver, allow him not to break stride and allow the receivers to make plays after the catch. I want to see more from Kellen Mond before I actually talk about him in, in, in my top 10. KJ Costello, Mississippi State, 6'5", 222 pounds. You know, this is a guy, look, he only played in five games in 2019, um, you know, battled some injuries, um, you know, threw three interceptions in, in that season in, in just five games. So, you know, there were some decision-making issues at times. And even at Stanford in, in 2018, it was one of the most prolific seasons for a Stanford quarterback. You know, 65% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, big arm. But the decision-making, there was questionable at times. Um, he can get himself into trouble. Um, had the knee injury. He's coming back. Look, you know, it says something about Davis Mills of KJ Costello after his 2018 season. Looks at the starting job and says, you know what, I'm going elsewhere. Ends up at Mississippi State, which may actually be a blessing in disguise. He's going to get to run Mike Leach's offense and, uh, you know, his ability to throw the football all over the yard. We're going to see him with his arm strength. You know, be, you know, we already know that, you know, he's a cerebral quarterback being able to you know, play at a high level at Stanford. Let's see what he can do when, when he gets into an offense where he can air it out one read and go and can he play up tempo like that you're going to see you know a lot of different looks when you watch you know kj costello's game film um you know he's got garrett trader that's going to be pushing him uh there as the backup but i think kj cost it's his job to lose he's somebody to watch out for then felipe franks you know the 6'6 239 pounder he's another guy look you know he looked at kyle trask he said i'm coming back off of the injury after four games you know he, he he was down. He was hurt, uh, but he's back. You know, at Arkansas, and, and let's see what he can do. Let's see what, uh, what what Felipe Franks can do. I was never that high on Felipe Franks as a quarterback. I thought that uh, you know he, you know, let's see what fifty eight percent completion percentage in twenty eighteen started off having a decent year there in twenty nineteen before the injury. Um, you know, he's going to have to have a big year there at Arkansas um, to be considered as a, as a draftable prospect right now. Um, if you move on to the running backs, obviously Najee Harris is the guy to talk about. 6'2", 230 pounds, a junior out of, uh, I'm sorry, he's a senior now, um, out of Alabama. Um, you know, there's a play against South Carolina that I think just says everything about Najee Harris. He has excellent hands, had 24 receptions a season ago, caught the ball across the middle, and showed a decent, you know, decent ability running, uh, running routes out of the backfield, catches the ball across the middle, ends up throwing down one defender along the sideline, hurdles another, and then fights his way into the end zone. 42-yard touchdown, epitomizes what he can do in open space. Uh, you know, over 1,200 yards in his first year as the guy 
as the starter there. Uh, you know, no longer in you know Josh Jacobs' shadow. 13 touchdowns on the year, had seven touchdowns receiving. Uh, Najee Harris, ha- you know, he. I ultimately believe that it's going to be he and uh, and Travis Etienne as the top two running backs in college football when it's all said and done. Kylan Hill, 5'11", 215 pounds. You know, another guy who's battling some injuries. Uh, over 1,300 yards in, in 2019. Ten touchdowns. Had uh, you know 44 receptions in his career there for for the Bulldogs as well. And look, you know, when when you have a guy like him going into an offense like. Um, like Mike Leach, you really, you know, that's kind of the question mark. What What is he going to be able to do? Is he going to be able to catch the football out of the backfield? Um, what can you really expect from him? And that's going to be the big question. You know, are we going to see uh, Kylan Hill really take his game to the next level as a receiver? I think, you know, what you do see, you know, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that he's a, he's a tremendous blocker um, out of the backfield. And so I think that's one of the things that Kylan Hill is absolutely going to have working for him. Um, you know, I just I want to continue to see him develop. And in Mike Leach's offense, you know, he'll be able to showcase his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, which I don't think he was able to really do under Joe Moorhead. Um, you know, I think if you continue moving along, you know, no Jarvis Whitlow there for Auburn. He's he's left the program, moved on to Western Illinois. Uh, you've got DJ Williams and Sean Shivers running the football there for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Raheem Boyd, you know, I think the best running back that nobody's really talking about. Six foot, two hundred thirteen pounds. Um, has good speed, um, has some decent power as well, over 1,100 yards, 6.2 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, has 42 receptions in his two years there with the Razorbacks. He's a guy to keep an eye on. I think you know he'll be catching the football quite a bit out of the backfield there for Felipe Franks. Um, and then Ty Chandler there at, at Tennessee. Uh, Eric Gray, the sophomore, look, as a freshman, he had 246 yards against Vanderbilt with three touchdowns, and he was the spark in that Gator Bowl uh, that come from behind win. And uh, but Ty Chandler, 5'11", 205, um, you know, 42 receptions in his career as well. Um, but but a guy who's had to share the backfield, um, you know, throughout his career with the Vols, you know, he's going to have to show you something there um, if he really wants to be a draftable prospect. Uh, Larry Roundtree. Um, you know, 5'10", 210 pounds there for Missouri. Burst onto the scene as a sophomore in 2018. Over 1,200 yards on the ground, 11 touchdowns. You know, a guy who, who runs with some decent power, has some wiggle in the open field. Um, you know, he's going to be sharing the backfield with Tyler Beatty, but you know, he's going to get his first crack at, at big-time uh, SEC play uh, going up against Alabama in game number one. So, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to watch him there. Um, and then Asim Rose, you know, 6'1", 214 out of Kentucky. Um, you know, eight, uh, 826 yards on the ground a season ago. Um, you know, he's um, really developed as a blocker, and he's got some size. Um, you know, an ability to, to run run the football between the tackles, also show some speed. Um, he's sharing the backfield with Cavassier Smoke, who's the speed guy. Chris Ro- uh, Rodriguez is more of the power guy. And, uh, you know, with Rose, he's going to be a little bit of everything. So it's going to be fun to see see him play there in Kentucky with with Terry Wilson, his quarterback, back from injury. Uh, Jamar Chase out of LSU for moving to the wide receivers, a 6'1", 200-pounder. He's uh, opted out for this year. Um, but look, you know, I, I think last year kind of spoke for itself. 84 receptions, over 1,700 yards, 21.2 yards per reception, and 20 touchdowns. I know what a lot of people are saying with Joe Burrow and just the offense in general that, hey, it was a product of the system. Joe Brady just had an offense that was, was sophisticated 
sophisticated for uh, you know for college football, and it was it was really Joe Brady's offense that did things in. And I'm not buying that. This is a guy who has exceptional speed. He has uh, good strength, you know, ability to high point the football. He's going to be a guy that you know I think is going to run in that four four range, and uh, he's going to be the number one receiver taken in the draft. I think there's no question about it. But there are a couple of guys out of Alabama who are going to be hot on his heels. And I think, you know, are definitely going to be guys that you'll be hearing their names called in the top 20. Um, you know, obviously, Devontae Smith. When you've got Jerry you know, Jerry Judy as the route runner, Henry Ruggs as the vertical threat, Devontae Smith was not only your most reliable route runner and pass catcher, but he showed off some more explosiveness than I think people were expecting. Um, you know, over 1,200 yards uh, through the air a season ago on 68 receptions. That's 18.5 yards per reception with 14 touchdowns. Against Ole Miss, 11 catches, 274 yards and five touchdowns, and then seven catches for 213 yards, two touchdowns against uh, against LSU, uh, 30.4 yards per reception during that game. A big play waiting to happen. He's just a savvy, savvy player. Just really smart, knows what to do. Um, you know, the, the route running, he sets his receiver, you know, sets the, the DB up. Um, you know, that, that stem at the top of his route is, is just beautiful. Um, you know, but he has some su- surprising speed. And I, I think he'll actually run faster at the combine than people are going to be expecting um, because he play. I, I think he actually plays faster than than uh, than his, his foot speed actually will tell you. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle though is going to be the guy. He's going to challenge Henry Ruggs in terms of you know speed. Uh, you know, five ten, 182 pounds. Um, all you need to you know if you're you know there's any question about his explosiveness, just turn on that game against Auburn. Uh, four catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns, and then. Uh, you know, took a kick return back to the house as well. Uh, you know, when you looked at all those those receivers there for Alabama, this is a guy who was about as explosive as it got. He was the most explosive player uh, there for Bama on on offense, and that's saying a lot. Um, you know, he's a guy that could end up being that number two receiver in this draft. He'll challenge Rashad Bateman. He'll challenge uh, Tylen Wallace and Chris Olave and, and Rondale Moore. Uh, who Rondale Moore, by the way, if you haven't already heard, he's opted back in. Uh, so we'll get to see him play there at Purdue. I'm really happy that I think that's the right move. I said you know last week that uh, you know, Rondell Moore right now kind of flirting with that second round, possibly sneak his way into round one. You want to see this kid show that he's 100%, that he can make an entire season, and that he can be spectacular from, from wire to wire as he was as a freshman. If he can do that, he may solidify himself as a first-rounder when it's all said and done. Uh, but Jalen Waddell, you know, the, the only knock with him – is he's not the biggest guy, so you worry about uh, you know the, the jam at the line of scrimmage, you know, and, and you worry about him in con, you know, in uh, in traffic, but no doubt that this guy's explosive and a guy that can make you miss in the open field. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, transitioning to a big receiver, a guy who really you know uh, made a a huge leap in 2019 is Seth Seth Williams, only a junior there for Auburn, 6'3", 224 pounds, uh, a guy who just knows how to use his body, you know, uses his body to his advantage, big physical guy, attacks the football in the air, just the king of, of the back shoulder throws along the sideline. Uh, like I said, uses that body, shields the defender away from the football. Um, you know, he's a guy that you want to continue to see develop, uh, develop his game as a junior. Uh, Terrace Marshall, look, if Jamar Chase is going to be there, then Terrace Marshall is going to be the guy there for uh for miles brennan 6'4 200 pounds um he was the third guy he was the third option you know behind um you know possibly even the fourth option you know you had chase you had justin jefferson and then even the the tight end um 
Moss. Uh, and then really Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so he possibly was the fifth option. So, you know, is he going to be able to make that leap and be that number one guy? Look, 13 touchdowns. I mean, Joe Burrow was throwing the ball all over the yard. I mean, there was no question about that. Uh, 671 yards. Um, you know, I think Terrace Marshall right now is, is probably a mid-day three guy right now. Uh, but he has good size and a guy that can attack the football in the air. He's just not a guy that really stands out. Anthony Schwartz may be the fastest guy in college football. Uh, six foot, 179 pounds, the track guy. Um, you know, a guy, you know, you just want to get him the football. Actually has more more uh, touchdowns running the football, seven, than he does catching the football, just three. Uh, but a guy who is a threat to go the distance at any point, you just want to get him the ball in space and allow him to, to do his thing. Uh, Trevon Grimes out of Florida, 6'5", 214 pounds. Big receiver, big play potential. You know, he's going to be the guy there now for, uh, for, for Kyle Trask, not named Kyle Pitts. Um, so you really want to see if Trev- uh, Trevon Grimes can, can be that playmaker down the football field. Kadarius Toney, the other receiver, 5'11", 194 pounds. Look, another explosive back, um, you know, and, and receiver, kind of a little bit of everything, um, do everything type of a guy. He's explosive, but look, you know, he's missed a lot of time with injuries, uh, burst onto the scene as a, as a true freshman, but he can't seem to stay healthy, and he needs to really have a big year, uh, you know, and that's the thing. Is he a receiver? Is he a running back? Really, what is he? And you know, can he you know, really excel in any of those areas, or is he just a tremendous athlete? Uh, you know, Demetrius Robinson, I'm sorry, Robertson. You know, at Cal as a freshman, you know, 50 catches, over 700 yards, and seven touchdowns. Really burst onto the scene there. Um, only played in two games in 2017. 2018 was a non-factor at Georgia. Uh, 2019 had 30 catches, um, but you know, really, you know, I, I thought he kind of regressed. You know, I, not kind of. He really did regress, and a lot of people were counting on him to be that guy to really help bring in a lot of the the younger receivers like George Pickens and, and company. And uh, he's going to end up probably being that forgotten man in that receiving core if he isn't already. Uh, Damon Hazelton, you know, from Virginia Tech, um, you know, six three, two hundred fifteen pounder, now at Missouri. Um, you know, he battled some injuries in 2019, but, uh, you know, a year removed from, you know, uh, in 2018, 51 catches, 802 yards and eight touchdowns. He's a big physical receiver, going to be a guy, a weapon on the outside for Sean Robinson there as the quarterback. Um, Shai Smith, uh, conversely, is, is a, a slot receiver. He's a, he's a little guy, 5'10", 190 pounds. Uh, there for, for South Carolina, uh, you know, a weapon that's going to be, you know, uh, he's going to want to get vertical on you, a decent route runner. I think he's a little bit more more quick than he is fast, but a, a guy to, to definitely keep an eye on there. Josh Palmer out of Tennessee, 6'2", 210 pounds. Um, you know, he's going to be the receiver, the only receiver with double-digit receptions because Jawan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, they're both gone. Josh Palmer is going to be the guy. And, uh, you know, if, if Tennessee with, with uh, Jared Garantano and, and Bre- uh, Brendan Maurer, if, if Tennessee wants to really make a leap, they're going to need some, some production out of those receivers, and they're really going to be counting on Josh Palmer to have a big year. Uh, one other guy from a projection standpoint is going to be Mike Woods. Um, they're at, at Arkansas. You know, a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for, 6'1", 193 pounds. I think he has a chance to end up being a guy that uh, you know can make a you know have a big year this year um, for the Razorbacks. Um, you know, only a junior, he can come back after the season, but um, you know somebody to, to keep an eye out for there. And then uh, Jamon Osmond, uh, the 6'2", 210 pounder there at A&M, he's opted out. 
Um, over 872 yards uh, on 66 receptions. Uh, he's someone, if he decides that he's going to enter the draft, you know, he'll at least get a combine invite. But you know, he's somebody that right now I'd love to see him come back for 2021 because I just I don't think he's ready uh, to make that leap to the next level just yet. Transitioning to the tight ends, we'll take a deep breath here, then move on to the tight ends. Kyle Pitts, obviously 6'6", 239 pounds. He's kind of the cream of the crop in terms of your explosive receivers at the tight end position. Uh, you know, only a, a junior, but 54 receptions, 649 yards, five touchdowns a season ago. And a guy who just, again, a buffed up receiver, a guy that, you know, they're going to split out on the, on the outside, line up in the slot. He'll be an inline blocker from time to time, but his, his ability to make plays down the football field, excellent speed after the catch as well. Um, he's going to battle Pat Fryermuth and Brevin Jordan to be the number one tight end. And, you know, those are the three tight ends that are going to end up being uh, first round having first round potential um, keep an eye on all three of those guys um, as we get into in, into more of the season uh, Trey McKitty uh, Florida State um, you know, had a knee knee procedure so his status for Arkansas um, is unknown at this point but uh, you know he started his career at Florida State transferred to Georgia as a, as a senior um, you know and a guy he's had, has 50 receptions uh, you really want to see what he's going to be able to do look Georgia without Jamie Newman it's going to be uh, the JT Daniels show the transfer from USC um, he's immediately eligible and, and you know you're wondering what was going to happen with Jamie Newman um, now that JT Daniels um, is immediately eligible you know Kirby Smart's really happy about that you know and he you know will have a weapon there at least who has some experience catching the football as a as a tight end the biggest question is is can McKitty uh, stay healthy because he's battled injuries throughout his career there with the Seminoles uh, before making that transfer as a grad transfer uh, another grad transfer to keep an eye out for is Kenny Yaboa going to Lane Kiffin's offense uh, you know, transfer from Temple to Ole Miss, 6'4", 240 pounds, 47 receptions, you know, there for, for the Temple Owls, uh, six touchdowns. And, um, you know, if, if you remember, you know, a, a tight end in last year's uh, FAU offense, it was, it was a pretty decent tight end. His name was Harrison Bryant, now playing for the Cleveland Browns. And I'm not saying that Kenny Yaboa is going to be the next Harrison Bryant, but you know the tight end position is a, a position that you really want to keep an eye out for 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 uh, a Lane Kiffin style offense. And, and you know with John Reese Plumley throwing the football, an explosive guy on the outside. You know I think Kenny Yaboa is going to surprise some people, um, and I think he's going to actually have a, a decent year there for the the Ole Miss Rebels and somebody. You know, I think there are a lot of names at the tight end position. You know, I mentioned those three at the top, but uh, you know, there's some other guys to, to really keep uh, keep notice of. You know, Charlie Kolar at Iowa State, Matt Bushman at BYU, Cade Otten at Washington. If he decides to come out and enter the draft, um, gosh, who else? Brent Keithy there at Utah. You know, so we're going to see Keithy and and, uh, and Otten here in in 20. Um, you know, in 2020, Briley Moore, they're at K-State if they get the ball to him. Um, you know, Noah Gray out of Duke. Uh, Zach Davidson from Central Missouri, whenever, you know, the, the FCS schools get to play. Um, he's a guy that I think can be a weapon. So, um, you know, there are a lot of tight ends that are out there, but I think these are two guys uh, in McKitty and Yaboa who have a chance to move their names into consideration when, when it's all said and done if uh, they can make that transition to their um, you know, to their new school. 
Um, if we move on to the offensive tackle position, um, Alex Leatherwood is probably the best offensive tackle um, in, in the group, or really I should say offensive lineman, um, the 6'6", 310-pounder. He decided to come back for a senior season rather than the end of the, the 2019 draft. Probably a good decision on his part because I think he, uh, you know, there were some holes in his game. You know, I thought he battled, you know, really struggled with some speed rushers coming off the edge. He wanted to lunge and lean a little bit. You know, I, I would love to see him actually kick inside to guard. I think when you look at the guards in this in this draft, you know, there I, I think the it's an SEC heavy uh, guard uh, group there at the top. Um, you know, Trey Smith, Cade Mays, Deontay Brown. They're going to battle Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State and Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC for the top. But three out of the top five are from the SEC. But I think Alex Leatherwood is a guy. He, he's very powerful in the run game. Shows some good quickness. I think you know, if anything, if he's going to play tackle, move him over to the right side and allow him to do his thing. You know, I, I think when you look at a guy like uh, like Cyrus Quanjo, was never going to be a left tackle. A guy that you know you were going to move over to the right side or play inside. Guard. I think Alex Leatherwood could potentially end up being the same there. Uh, Landon Young, 6'7, 322 pounds there at Kentucky. Uh, redshirted in 2018 due to his uh, you know, season season ending knee injury. Uh, big physical guy. Uh, another guy who may get kicked inside, possibly play right tackle. Uh, I really want to see what he can do there for the Wildcats. Show you know if he's 100% back from that knee injury, and uh, you know see if he has some of that lateral agility to play that left tackle position. Might be a swing tackle when it's all said and done. Reg Island out of Mississippi State, uh, 6'8", 335 pounds, uh, very active hands. Uh, he's a guy who's going to look to beat you up. You know, he's very physical, heavy-handed, throws guys around a little bit. Um, so definite power. I want to see more athleticism out of him. I want to see the, the lateral movement. That's really the biggest concern that I have for Island right now. Uh, has experience both left and right tackle, so he has that you know, going for him. And then Austin Deculus there out of LSU, 6'6", 331 pounds. And, uh, you know, Sadiq Charles is no longer there. Um... Damian Lewis, no longer there. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, no, no longer there. This is going to be the guy that's really going to be that focal point, the lone veteran returner. Um, you know, Ed Ingram, the, the left guard, did see some see the field quite a bit, but 6'6", 331-pound right tackle, Austin Deculus. Um, I think he'll get drafted. It'll probably be you know late day three, but I think he's one of those veteran presence, a guy that's going to end up being a role player there for, for a team, be a backup. Uh, you know, moving to guard, Obviously, Trey May or Trey Smith. Everyone knows, you know, the freshman All-American battled the blood clots, made his way back onto the field, moved from tackle to guard, and I think that's really where his home is going to be. Six six three thirty five. He needs to watch all that lunging and leaning and bending at the waist. That gets him into trouble. But man, this guy is going to—he's going to maul you. He's going to beat you up. Um, he's going to pound you down the field. Um, able to just create space, cave in the left side whenever you need him to. Um, and I think he's got some surprising quickness with his feet. You know, he may have a running partner there at guard on the other side in Cade Mays, the 6'6", 328-pounder uh, there out of uh, Georgia, transferring to Tennessee, 18-game uh, starter for the Bulldogs. NCAA granted his waiver. He's still pending from the SEC as of this recording. Uh, you know, Jeremy Pruitt said, hey, you know what, if we can get him in, we will. Um, you know, also expecting to potentially um, have to you know, go in a different direction there at the guard position if they have to. But Kay Mays, heavy-handed, good athlete, former five-star recruit, um, someone that you, you're going to have to take notice of um, in this guard group for sure. 
Um, you know, we move on and we look at, I mentioned earlier, Deontay Brown, 6'5", 338 pounds. He's a mauler, power in his hands. Suspended the last two games of 2018 and the first four of 2019 for violating NCAA rules. So there is a red flag there, uh, but definitely one of those you know uh, heavy-handed guards. Mississippi State has three guards, uh, Darion Parker, uh, 6'4", 335, or 355, he's the big dude of the group. Uh, Scott Lashley is a backup tackle, can also play guard. 6'7", 315, and then LeQuinston Sharp, 6'3", 300. All three of those guys, they're from Mississippi State. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do there in Mike Leach's offense. So, you know, I think the jury's still out. See what happens there. And then Sidarius Hutchinson, um, a fifth-year senior there for South Carolina, 6'4", 320, 29 starts. He's the guy that I think can end up being a third, uh, a day three prospect there in the SEC. And then if we move on to the center position, Trey Hill, the junior out of Georgia, 6'4", 330 pounds, 14 starts, only guy that started every game a season ago, and only he and Ben Cleveland are returning as starters. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what Georgia can do there up front. Uh, Landon Dickerson, a transfer from Florida State, came to Bama 6'6", 306, plays with a mean streak. You know, dirt. You know, he, he can get get himself a little dirty at times. Um, so he he's a, a veteran presence though there for Alabama. So he's definitely going to be relied upon up front. Um, you know, if we move on to the defensive side of the football. Um, not really a ton of pass rushers, you know, that, that jump out at you. I think Malik Herring out of Georgia, 6'3", 280 pounds, looking to have a breakout season. But with that rotation that they always have there up front, you know, is he going to have enough time to really be able to showcase what he can do? Big Cat Bryant, you know, he's not Derek Brown or Marlon Davidson. Was really, um, you know, outshined by, by those other guys there at Auburn. They're gone now. And so the 6'5", 250 pounder is going to be relied upon to get to the quarterback. Just seven or seven, or seven sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss in his three seasons there for the Tigers. Really step up in his play um, is going to be needed. Uh, how about Deo Odeyingbo there for Vanderbilt? 6'6", 276. And if you look at his stats, you're like, oh, you know, 18 and a half tackles for loss, but just two and a half sacks. A guy who can make plays in the backfield, but not much of a pass rusher. He's disruptive. You know, the, the stats are misleading. He's a guy who's going to get into the backfield. He's going to chase the quarterback, throw him off of his, uh, get him uncomfortable, throw him off of his, his spot, make him step up into the pocket, make him, you know, uh, you know, play under duress at times. He's going to pursue the running back backside, chase him down, takes excellent angles to the football. That's why he had, uh, you know, 12 tackles for loss just a season ago. Uh, he's 6'6", 276, and has tremendous length. And, and so I, I think Deo Adeyingbo is a guy that, that you really have to watch out for there for the Commodores. Uh, Sam Williams from Mississippi, um, look, 6'4", 265 pounds, a year removed from nine and a half tackles for loss and six sacks. But he's suspended for, you know, definitely, at least for now, uh, for conduct detrimental to the team. Um, so, you know, red flags galore there. But, you know, keep in mind, you know, Willie Gay was a guy who was suspended for eight games and ultimately ended up getting himself drafted uh, in the fourth round. So, uh, you know, we'll, the jury will still be out there for Sam Williams, but he's really going to have to prove himself. Uh, you know, if we move on to the defensive tackles, look, you know, Tyler Shelvin's the guy uh, there, you know, for the SEC, 6'3", uh, 346 pounds, the junior, the immovable object for the LSU Tigers. He's opted out, so he won't be in the, um, won't be playing there in the SEC play. Um, but, you know, again, an immovable object and a guy who I think is going to end up being a first round pick when it's all said and done. But how about T.D. Slayton? 
Uh, to Daryl Slayton, 6'5", 342 pounds there out of Florida. Now, this guy is a big athlete, and I think he's primed for a breakout season. You see some of the quickness off the ball, the quick arm over to win at the point of attack, has the push up the middle, uh, getting through uh, the, the offensive lineman, you know, that power to hold the point against the double team, able to shed the block and get up the field when he needs to as well. Uses that wingspan to be disruptive, not only in the pat, you know, in passing lanes, but also uh, bringing down ball carriers and to disrupt the quarterback as well. Um, does a really good job with leverage. He fires off the ball well, uh, gets under the, the center pad level, stands the man up, then able to stack and shed there. Um, he's somebody that I think you really have to keep an eye out for uh, for the Florida Gators. Um, absolutely, uh, when, when it's all said and done, he'll be a guy who I think is going to end up being a playmaker. Uh, Quentin Bohanna is another mountain of a dude. Uh, I mean, you got Shel, you know, Shelvin, you, you've got Slayton, and then you've got Quentin Bohanna, who's 6'4", 357 pounds there for Kentucky. Another immovable object on the interior of that line. Um, he's a guy that uh, obviously is going to command you know, a presence. Uh, you know, Jordan Davis, 6'6", 330 pounds. Showed up at Georgia, was a tight end in 2014. Um you know, and, and ultimately in 2018, you know, converted to the defensive line. And, uh, you know, I, I think with Jordan Davis, he's a big physical dude there on the interior of the line. And, and a guy, you know, can hold the point of attack and get after the quarterback a little bit. He can be very disruptive. Uh, Kobe Whiteside from Missouri, 6'1", 300. He's going to be the man in the middle. And, and when you look at Missouri, you think of Missouri Tigers, you think of all the defensive linemen that have come through there from Sheldon Richardson to Coney Ely to Alden Smith. Uh, Kobe Whiteside, look, you know, a season ago had seven and a half sacks at the defensive tackle position. Um, and so I think they're looking for big things there. You know, new new head coach, Eli Drinkwitz, you know, he's going to look for guys to, to make some plays. And I think he's going to be someone that's going to really be um, counted on to make some plays there. Uh, Aubrey Solomon, the transfer from Michigan, uh, you know, not much of a factor a season ago, but he's going to be a starter. You know, he he played defensive tackle almost exclusively at Michigan. And um, he's going to be a, a 3-4 uh, defensive end, going to be that five technique, 6'5", 315, someone to watch out there for Tennessee. And then Bobby Brown the third out of Texas A&M, 6'4", 325, another guy who gets a push up the field, you know, a guy who can, can disrupt the quarterback a little bit, collapse the pocket with some speed to power, um, pretty good hands as well. Uh, only a junior, so he could definitely come back, but somebody who I think is going to make, make some noise there in SEC play. At the linebacker position, I think everybody knows who Dylan Moses is, 6'3", 235, the junior, uh, missed the 2019 season due to the ACL injury, um, you know, 86 tackles, 10, uh, 10 for loss, three and a half sacks a season, uh, you know, the season before in 2018, his first year as a starter, um, you know, let's see how that knee responds. Let's see if Dylan Moses can return to form. Uh, you know, for me, he was one of those guys that thought he played well against the run, you know, made some plays behind the line of scrimmage, uh, but I just don't know if he's a three down back or three down backer. Can he drop into coverage? Can he make plays um, in the passing game? You're going to be able to. You're going to have to do that to be a three-down linebacker at the next level. And I'm just not sure if uh, if Dylan Moses is that guy or not. Uh, now KJ Britt is a guy that's a lot of fun to watch there for Auburn. Six foot, 236 pounds. I think he showed the ability to drop into coverage a little bit. Um, you know, first year as a starter, he was kind of the heart and soul of that Tiger defense. Uh, Ten tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, and get after the quarterback a little bit. Monty Rice at Georgia, six one, 235 pounds. A guy who plays well in space, drops into coverage a little bit. I thought he was a step slow at times. Um, I'm not as high on Monty Ross or Monty Rice as as uh, some other people are. Um, I thought he had showed some decent 
decent range, but I'm expecting to see more out of him here in 2020. Uh, a guy who I'm really high on, though, is Ernest Jones out of South Carolina. Only a junior, 6'2", 235, 97 tackles a season ago, uh, five pass breakups to go along with a couple of interceptions. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything, and he's someone I think if he continues to elevate his game, he's going to be the guy running the defense there for South Carolina. Everybody knows about uh, Israel Mukuamu and, and J.C. Horn at the cornerback position, but it's going to be Ernest Jones. If that defense there for the Gamecocks, if they want that defense to go anywhere, it's going to be on the back of big Ernest Jones, and uh, I think he's going to have a big year, and we could potentially be talking about him coming out and entering the draft. Uh, Momo Sonogo there for uh, Mississippi, 6'2", 244. Um, you know, injury concerns are huge. You know, in the one game, one season where he was healthy, 2018, had 112 tackles. Uh, a guy who was a volume tackler, played sideline to sideline. Um, you know, can be that veteran presence um, for the Rebels. Big thing is, is can he stay healthy? And that's a big if. Um, I'm kind of burying the lead here. There are a couple of inside backers that I've been holding on to. Um, but Nick Bolton out of Missouri and Jabril Cox out of LSU are two guys that have to be on NFL radars and guys who could end up being drafted on uh, on day two. Nick Nick Bolton first um, in his first season as a starter, uh, six foot two thirty five. Uh, you know, and, and the Tigers look 103 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss. Uh, seven pass breakups as well, a couple of interceptions, doing a little bit of everything. You know, played sideline to sideline, able to drop into coverage, really show that he could be a three-down linebacker. And Pro Football Focus had him graded out as the top linebacker a season ago. Nick Bolton's going to be a guy to watch, as is Jabril Cox. Look, 6'3", 233 out of LSU, uh, back-to-back 90 tackle seasons uh, there for uh, North Dakota State. Um, 32 tackles for loss in his career, 14 sacks, six interceptions, 18 pass breakups. And you want to know why this guy was so consistently, you know, just devastating there against the pass. Well, you know, this guy was a former quarterback. And so I think that's one of the things that you see, some of the instincts dropping back into coverage, uh, his ability to, to, to diagnose and uh, make plays coming downhill. You know, as a high school quarterback, you really you know saw him making a lot of those plays, reading the quarterback's eyes, undercutting routes. Um, you know, had three three touchdowns you know, off of off of pay, you know three uh, pick sixes. Um, but a guy who can come downhill, quarterback scrambling, comes downhill to sack the quarterback in, in the in the open field. The guy who who is under control coming downhill as well wraps up very well breaks down wraps up um so jabril cox you know look when you talk about lsu linebackers you think of devin white you think of patrick queen you know this is a guy who's going to be another name everyone's going to be talking about as a potential first round pick and i think if he has a big year in sec play jabril cox will be a first rounder this guy just has ball skills for for days and uh playmaking ability so uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do can he make that jump to sec play a couple of other names for you. Brenton Cox. You know, if you're a Georgia Bulldog, you're, you know that name well as, as your pass rusher coming off the edge. 6'3", 250 pounds. Now in a Florida Gator uniform. Um, he's going to be that explosive playmaker that, that uh, you know, your, Todd Grantham's going to need uh, for his Gator defense. Um, you know, Errol Thompson uh, out of Mississippi State. 6'1", 250 pounds. The inside backer. Um, he's the heart and soul of that defense. The unquestioned leader. Uh, 217 tackles, 19 going for loss, and seven sacks in his career. He's looking to have a big year uh, there for the Bulldogs. Uh, Jamar Watson, uh, in his first year uh, taking over for Josh Allen, you know he he was. Uh, let's see, 
getting a little bit of feedback here, but you know this this was a guy who was sixth in, in the SEC in sacks with, with six and a half, and eighth in, in tackles for loss with eleven and a half. Um, 6'3", 244, a guy that, that flies around to the football, you know, makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage, and Kentucky's going to really rely on him to be able to do that again in 2020. Uh, Buddy Johnson, you know, this is a guy, for me, I thought there were times that he looked really good. You know, 6'2", 230, playing downhill, 9.5 tackles for loss. But look, AM, 67 run plays of 10-plus yards. Uh, they've got to get better, and Buddy Johnson in the middle, you know, that's a big reason for that. You know, when you're struggling against the run, getting that middle linebacker to to diagnose the plays early and make some, you know, make some plays around the line of scrimmage. And then Ventral Miller out of Florida, six foot, 222 pounds, another athletic linebacker there for Florida. Uh, you know, with, with David Reese the second gone, uh, Ventral Miller is really going to be relied upon to be that that guy at that linebacker position. Uh, we're in the home stretch now here for the SEC uh, and Patrick Sertan at the cornerback position. Look, you know, 6'2, 203, uh, a guy who just sticks like glue to, uh, you know, opposing receivers. Uh, knows for the football, not only 15 pass breakups, but four, fumble, uh, four forced fumbles in addition to the three interceptions as well. Ball skills, you know, absolutely. Um, he's got better size than his dad, and uh, he's an absolute lock to be a first rounder. But there are other corners besides Patrick Sertan uh, in SEC play. Israel Mukuamu out of South Carolina, 6'4, 205. The junior has tremendous length. I think everybody, um, you know, a season ago, four interceptions, one of which he returned for uh, back to the house, uh, had nine pass breakups as well. But this is a guy I thought he got turned around at times. Um, you know, the footwork was always questionable, and, and that was one of the things that I worried about with him. Whereas J.C. Horn, look, he's 6'1", 200, not as big, but I think in terms of his movement skills, uh, this is a guy who's very quick in and out of his backpedal, very instinctive, uh, 17 pass breakups in his career, hasn't had an interception yet, and I think that's going to be his biggest knock is, is you need to have uh, corners. If you're going to draft a corner on day one, you know, this is going to have to be someone who's going to end up making plays, not just knocking the ball away, but actually making plays and changing the whole landscape of the game. You, know, you want to flip the field, get the offense back out onto the field. The best way to do that is to pick the football off and uh, and hand it over to your offense. I know Ryan Holinsky would love to have that happen in 2020 um, you know, on, on several occasions, but uh, J.C. Horn and Israel Mukawamu may be one of the best, if not the best, uh, you know, corner duos in all of college football. Uh, Georgia has a trio, though. You know, you've got Eric Stokes, 6'1", 185 pounds. Uh, you know, he's he's got the the size. You know, 18 pass breakups, no interceptions. Another guy who I, I think is looking to prove himself in 2020. You know, a guy that can can finish. Uh, you know, Tyson Campbell, 6'2", 185 pounds. You know, a couple of bigger you know you know bigger corners there. Uh, also, no interceptions, just five pass breakups. Of the of the three corners there at, at Georgia, I think he's the guy that has the most approved. Uh, maybe the best of the bunch, though, is going to be DJ Daniel. 6'1", 185 pounds, uh, eight pass breakups. Again, another guy with no interceptions. But I think the thing for him that I was impressed with was a lot of the receivers that you had there in the SEC, he matched up with their top uh, top receiver oftentimes and he would stick like glue you know that those cover kill cover skills um, you know playing man to man can get up on the line of scrimmage can play in off coverage a little bit he's a versatile guy um, he's a, he's probably of the three uh, Georgia corners he's my favorite um, Marco Wilson there at Florida six foot 190 pounds CJ Henderson's doing his thing in Jacksonville um, 
you're going to want to see Marco Wilson really step up. Um, I think, you know, after he burst onto the scene as a freshman, uh, only played in one game in 2018, uh, returned in 2019, and I'm looking for him to really return to that freshman form. Um, I, I thought, you know, he kind of regressed a little bit in 2019. A lot of people like him. Um, I'm hoping that he bounces back. I'm, you know, I just, I, I, I want to see it first before, you know, I can really, you know, push him as as a guy that uh, is going to be a, a second or third round pick or anything like that. Two other names to to keep an eye out for Brendan Eccles out of Kentucky, 5'11", 178 pounds uh, in his first season there for Kentucky, um, showed off some ball skills. He just needs needs consistency. You know, I, I think he can end up being a, a nickel at the next level if he can be consistent and, and show that uh, you know that explosiveness, you know the the decisiveness and, and the ball skills that he showcased, you know during parts of the season. Uh, Miles Jones out of Texas A&M, look 6'4", 185 pounds. He has 23 pass breakups and, and, and three interceptions in his career. You know pretty good length, but he's a guy again. You know that was torched time and time again in 2019. I thought that there was a chance that he could end up making a big jump after you know solid 2017 and 2018 campaigns. 2019, he struggled mightily uh, at times. You know, when you get a 6-4 corner, you know, people really take notice. And uh, you know, he was outplayed by Israel Mukuwamu, which is why everyone's talking about Mukuwamu more so than, than Miles Jones. So Miles Jones really has to have a big year if number 10 uh, for the Aggies wants to be considered, you know, really in, in the first four or five rounds. Um, moving on to the safeties, I think there are two at the top you have to know. Uh, Richard LeCount is going to be the, the leader of that secondary. I mentioned all of those corners, but it's Richard LeCount that really stirs the drink there. 5'11", 190 pounds, a guy that can play over the top as a center fielder, has four interceptions, uh, you know, Let's see, four, four forced fumbles in his career, uh, six pass breakups, five fumble recoveries, a uh, very opportunistic player, a guy who also can shoot downhill, make plays behind the line of scrimmage, five and a half sacks, including, I'm sorry, five and a half tackles for loss, including four and a half last year. Uh, a guy who flies around to the football, um, very intelligent player. Um, he's one of my favorite safeties in this year's draft. I had him in my top 10 going uh, into the 2019 draft before he decided that he was going to return uh, to Athens. Um, he's going to be battling some of the, those guys at the top. I don't think there's really a guy that solidified himself as the number one safety. So there's a bunch of guys that are in that group the, the Javon Holland, DeAndre Siscos, uh, Hamsa Nazaruddin, uh, you know, Richard LeCount. Uh, Caden Stearns, Talanoa Hufanga out of USC. You know, there are a lot of guys that we can be talking about at the safety position. So, you know, a big season out of Richard LeCount is going to move his draft stock up way high. Uh, Jacoby Stevens, six foot, 228 pounds there out of LSU. Big physical dude. Look, nine, 92 tackles, nine tackles for loss, five sacks, three interceptions. This guy played all over the field. You know, he played in the box, so he can play well against the run. A guy that could also drop back into coverage and, and, uh, and make some plays in the passing game. Big hitter as well. I like him actually as a linebacker at the next level. He's a big dude. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be, be able to... You know, I think it could be a little bit too stiff in coverage at the safety position, but as a linebacker, this guy flying around to the football, it just makes a lot of sense. LSU linebackers, he kind of reminds you a little bit of, of Deion Jones, to be honest. Um, you know, Florida has has three uh, DBs, uh, all seniors, Donovan Steiner, um, Jawan Taylor, and Sean Davis. All of those guys are going to be physical, uh, physical corner, I'm sorry, physical safety. I'm going to get it right. 
Um, you know, all the guys are going to be physical. I think Donovan Steiner um, showed off some ability to, to, to make some plays on the football, six interceptions in his career. Sean Davis, I think, is going to be the biggest heavy hitter, 5'11", 185 pounds, uh, a guy who's battled injuries in his career, played in just 13 games in, in his first two seasons there for the Gators before playing pretty much a full season, played in 12 games in 2019, um, you know, had three interceptions as well. You know, Florida really wants to make a, an impact in SEC play. These guys on the back end are going to have to, to step up and have a big season for the Florida Gators. So those are all the guys I'm, like I said, I'm really keeping an eye on. So we're going to go ahead and end the podcast here. I think we've covered enough and uh, we'll go ahead and do this all again next week. I hope everyone's enjoyed the content and we'll go ahead and uh, let everyone enjoy their weekends, enjoy the weekend of college football and then the NFL on Sunday and Monday. I can't wait to get back and do this all over again next week. For readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone, and I am out of here.